Hey, what do you do when you're in ministry and you begin to doubt what you believe in? Well, we'll talk with Jonathan Drayton, host of the podcast, The Truth of the Matter Is, next on the Church Solutions Podcast. It's the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by StreamingChurch.tv. The Church Solutions Podcast is all about helping you and your church with technology and other encouraging ideas for ministry. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. Welcome, everyone, to another episode, episode 362 of the Church Solutions Podcast. Uh, My name is Phil Thompson. Steve Lacey's with us. Steve, how are you? I'm doing okay. All right, good. Steve, what's going on in, uh, in your life? Before we start, uh, I don't know. Going to have for the first time in probably twenty years, not have Thanksgiving at our house. So wow. that's a big looking deal, forward man. to that. That's, uh, <laughs> looking forward to that. Okay, <laughs> we don't want people over our house. All right. <laughs> no, we're going. To, we're going somewhere else's. I mean, we yeah. we usually host, and I'm the chief. I'm not a cook, but I'm the chief bottle washer and, and right. cleaner. So. So I guess I'll be doing that at somebody else's house. Well, there you go. Well, we're we're actually what doing the kids? same thing. Yeah, we're doing the same thing. We're going up to uh, my son's fiance's parents up in Phoenix. They just moved up to Phoenix, and so we're going up there. And they just bought a new house, and they're from Seattle and all that. So, so yeah. So all right. So uh, today we have a guest. I'm going to introduce him 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 in just a moment. But the topic that I thought we would discuss with him is losing your faith. What to do if you're losing your faith. And uh, we have the executive producer of the podcast, of his own podcast called Truth of the Matter Is. His name is Jonathan Drayton. And uh, his background happens to be in philosophy, history, and political science. Of course, he's a Christian. And uh, Jonathan, welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much. All right. Well, so Jonathan, um, you're, you're pretty unique because you have a background, as we just said, <laughs> in philosophy, and political science and history. You're also a committed Christian. And, and I thought we would talk today about faith and about, um, I have found, because I've been in ministry for a long time over the years, uh, that um, many times people in ministry can go through periods of time where they they struggle with their faith. They lose their faith, maybe. Uh, or get on the on the, the the boundary of doing that, and so I thought you know we would talk to you a little bit about that. So let's just jump into it, shall we? Yeah, absolutely. All so right. before I say anything biblical, I, I want to actually start with historical context. So I would say there was a court case in 1972. Ver- you know, the, the name of the court case is the state of Wisconsin versus a gentleman by the name of Jonas Schroeder. And in that court case, what tends to happen is, is that the government challenged him on his beliefs in homeschooling his children. And during that period of time, what ended up happening is he received jail time. And during this period of time, it was they were trying to figure out whether or not he was going to continue to do what he said he was going to do or he wasn't. In the end, we realized that he stayed true to his beliefs. He got out. And this court case is famously known as such because the government defended his belief in faith. 
Now, the reason why I mention this is because it's when it comes to faith, you have to view it in the context of whether it's going to be a conviction or a preference, right? A conviction is something you believe no matter what. A preference is something that changes based upon circumstance. And I'm starting with this because throughout history, all around the world, there are individuals that die over their faith, not just the Christian faith, but for what they truly believe in. Right. And it's only with pressure that you can find out whether or not a person is truly convicted to what they believe or they fall under pressure based upon circumstances that make them feel that whatever they're believing isn't holding up and isn't allowing them to flourish and live life in a comfortable fashion. So, right, we look throughout scripture. We could look in the book of Job, right? Chapter one, I believe is verse 16 to 22 in context. Things are happening to Job in that moment, right? He's getting news. And I'm pretty sure a lot of us, when we get bad news, it comes from all different directions. But I believe it was in verse 22, it says that not only did he not sin, but he didn't blame God for what was going on. And I think based upon the trials that we experience, and we know you can go to the book of James, where right? it says, I believe it's chapter one, verse one through five, right? It says, consider it pure joy when you face trials and tribulations to know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If anyone lacks anything, let them ask God who gives generously without finding fault. So this issue of faith, which is one of the things Jesus dealt with as well when he was talking and he was dealing with his disciples, it was the lack of faith, whether it was them performing a miracle, Jesus said, where is your faith? So that's always going to be a matter of question. But if there's another text that I can point to to give it more context in terms of why there are some people that do leave their faith, we go no further than the book of First John chapter 2, I believe it's verse 19, that says they went out from us because they never belonged to us. For if they would belong to us, they would have never left us. But leaving them showed that they never belonged to us. That's in the context of based upon situation and circumstance. When things get rough, people leave. And that's going to happen, right? And we have to understand that part of dealing with struggles and dealing with hardships is that you're going to be challenged. The question is, are you going to fold? Are you going to give in? Or are you going to continue to fight the good fight? Yeah, I would think that with um, a lot of pastors planning new churches are going to run through these times when they're um, when the pressure comes. Cause I assume that a lot of people in Philly, you've been, you've been, you've done this. I, I haven't done this, but uh, has started a plan in a new church. And I'm sure you got great uh, hopes and visions and God's going to shine, you know, show favor on me and my ministry is going to grow and, I'm going to do a really great, uh, you know, thing for the Lord. And then you get out there and, and you, things don't go the way that you, that I guess you were anticipating. And, um, a lot of, I can see where a lot of people would be, be discouraged and maybe begin to doubt their faith. You know, maybe God, maybe, maybe God didn't point me to this new area of town or this go move to this new town to plan a ministry. So, how how do people discern, um, I guess, God's leading through the persecution and, and also resist um, losing their faith? 
You're oh, asking me question. or Jonathan? Yeah, I, I, I was asking Jonathan, but Phil, you yeah. can you can shine in. Phil's Phil's yeah. been through some church plants, so I was just thinking again yeah. when you were talking there. Okay, so one thing I I would mention, I believe it's in Romans. It says all good things work for the glory of God, right? Or all things work together for those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose, right? And I have to believe in I believe it's Philippians chapter one verse six which tells us, I am certain that God who began a good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ turns. So I have to believe whatever it is, whatever desire or interest that I've had in doing something, God's going to finish a good work in me to do that. Now, if it's not a church, when we look, you know, in the time period we're in now, there are different forms of ministry. Ministry doesn't always have to be within the building, right? We believe that Christ is within us. And while operating in different platforms, right, there are individuals that share God's word in a car of an Uber. There are people that share God's word when it comes to people who are in prison, right? So there's different sorts of ministries. It may not be ideal the way that you have drawn it, but the gifts, talents, and abilities, right, that are out for without repentance are within us. And we have to allow God to orchestrate it and direct it in a way that can be better fulfilled for what it is that he wants not so much what we want. So I think sometimes we get that mixed up about what direction God wants us to go. And we immediately have it pictured in our head how it's going to go. When in fact, if we're trusting and believing in God, that we have to trust and believe that he knows what's best for us. Yeah. Yeah. I I think you're right, Jonathan. And just from my experience of doing this stuff for years, uh, sometimes you got to kind of modify what you thought you heard, (laughs) you know, and, and uh, like, you know, I remember when we moved to a little town in Kansas, Junction City, and started this church. This was years ago. I remember uh, walking around in a Walmart. We'd, we'd been there just for a short period of time. And I was just thinking to myself, man, what have I done? <laughs> you know, moved my whole family here and just wasn't real happy. Uh, but I just stuck with it. I, uh, and things actually turned around really fast and things went well, but sometimes yeah, your, our expectations don't always match up with what, uh, you know, we, we think certain things are going to happen and, and they don't. And, and I think, again, you, you got to be flexible. You got to be willing to realize, okay, maybe, uh, maybe what I'm thinking here isn't exactly accurate. And, uh, that experience that I spent in eight years, uh, we actually end up with a church split at the end. Uh, but you know, it's still, the church is still going and they're doing well. Uh, so we had kind of ups and downs with that deal, but I'm a better person because of it. I, I feel like I'm much better because of the whole thing. And uh, uh, I don't know how else to describe it, except you just got to keep on trucking. You know, as we used to say in the seventies, keep on trucking. And I think that uh, when you do that, uh, as you were just saying, Jonathan, uh, things work out, they, they work out. And uh, I'm just a big believer that, that whatever you do, when you put your heart and mind to it and, and, and trust God, uh, things work out. They don't always work out like we planned, right? But they they work out and uh, good things happen. But anyhow, I'm, I'm hijacking the uh, podcast here. Uh, uh, do you think, uh, let, me, let me just throw out a question to you, Jonathan, since we're interviewing you and not me. Um, <laughs> what would be maybe the warning signs, you know, that, that you might, as, as somebody listening, maybe is in ministry here, a pastor or even a, a volunteer that's involved, you know, are there warning signs that might be popping up that might be getting you off track a little bit? And uh, if so, 
what might you think those what what would you say those might be so there's a scripture i believe in colossians i believe it's 289 and it tells us to see it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophies which depends on human tradition elementary spiritual forces of this world rather than christ so i think when we're deciding why we follow christ right do we really truly believe in you know john 316 i think sometimes reevaluating why you have the faith that you have will determine your desire to continue to move forward and i think what it is sometimes in the book of hosea it says that my people are destroyed for lack of wisdom and a lot of those times it's hearing things that you obviously haven't studied, right? Because Jesus says, I remember this discussion he has with a woman where she says, blessed is the woman that birthed you. But Jesus said, no, blessed rather is the one who hears my words and does what it says. I think what tends to happen is that we get caught up in trying to make the best of friends, right? And we know that Jesus says that if the world hates you, remember it hated me first. And sometimes in these settings, when you see things that are being done that aren't Christ-like, or you see people not taking accountability or responsibility for the things that they say or the things that they do, you automatically should know that the situation that you're in is toxic. That there are certain times you're left in those situations to learn something, right? Because if we believe that in every situation we're in, we're supposed to learn something, take it and apply it, then you should be on constant alert constant alert on what people are doing. If people are living out the Christian difference, are people doing what James says, right? He says, not just let us not just be saves of the word, but doers of the word. And if that certain church or that certain, you know, situation that you're in isn't reflective of what Christ is expecting for us, then you need to remove yourself out of that situation and put yourself in a predicament where you feel that the ideals of what that church represents is the same thing that you're doing. So sometimes, right, wisdom is the ability to discern and the courage to choose good from evil. So sometimes looking at the circumstances allows you to discern what's transpiring, make a conscious decision for the betterment of you and for what your purpose is to serve God. And also knowing your word, right? Knowing God's word is, is a pivotal thing, because if you see theology that's happening, that you no, that's not in God's word, but it's tradition, right? And we also understand that some old traditions are necessary and are practiced, right? Dep depending on the denomination that you're a part of, those are all things you should be paying a close attention to before you enter environments where they're proclaiming to be, you know, God's corporation, God's government, God's, you know, a place where God is supposed to be present there. <laughs> Another question? Sorry. I was waiting for um, Steve to jump in here, but I can I can oh, always jump in. Oh, yeah. I can always jump talk. in. Um, <laughs> that's a, that's probably in all these years, that's probably the, the longest silence we've ever had in a podcast. Um, <laughs> no, I, I I I understand what you're saying. It's it's not a reflection on what you said, Jonathan. I think what you're saying is right. Uh, I was just waiting for Steve okay. and I to to, yeah. to work. Sometimes we tag team. So I wrote out some questions, and one of the questions I wrote out to you was, um, have you found church leaders to be in denial uh, about the struggle of faith? And I'm going to answer it for you, but then I'm going to ask you to maybe share some insight since you have a little bit of uh, 
of uh, background here. Uh, so in, in the years I've been doing ministry, uh, I have found that this pops up. Uh, church leaders start to struggle, but they they don't say anything to anybody about it. They're struggling inner in, inside, but they're not saying it. And the reason they're not saying anything about it is because they're afraid that if they're open and honest about a struggle, that it's going to somehow or another taint their ministry or people are going to look down on them. So uh, I have found that 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 happens. Okay. So uh, if somebody is struggling right now uh, and they haven't said much about it, uh, what, what would your advice be? Because look, we've got to be realistic here, right? I mean, you, you got to be honest with yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. What would your thoughts be, Jonathan, on, on somebody that's struggling? Maybe hasn't said anything to anybody about it, but they're struggling. Well, I think you have to go back in scripture. So <laughs> I believe it was Matthew 33. Well, Jesus made it clear that anyone that den- any man that denies me or actually let me get the correct text. here. It says, whoever denies me before people, I will also deny him before my father in heaven. So we see that transpire. But then we go to Luke and we see that. The very denial that Jesus spoke about in Matthew 10, 1033 is actually exercised by Peter who denies Jesus three times. And in that moment, you realize that Jesus also says, right, that the devil seeks to have you. But he says, I pray for you. I pray that your faith not fail you. But more importantly, what you get out of that text is you see that Jesus says, when you're prepared, go back and strengthen the faith of those that are around you. Sometimes what I would say to them is that it's just like Solomon said, nothing new is under the sun. There are numerous situations where your faith fails you in a sense where something that you're going with, you're struggling with. The first thing is to exercise prayer. The second thing to do is to go to the church, right? And have them pray for you, right? In the book of James, that's what it tells us. But I think one of the reasons why people don't do that is because they hate to see a sign of weakness or they hate to see that they're in a position of power. And the minute that they're weakened or that they're feeling weakened, that that little instance where it seems like you're you're starting to fall, that people don't need to be aware of that. But in Romans, it said we should be mutually encouraged by one another's faith. So if you're starting to feel that way, I believe Anytime two or three are gathered, their God is in the midst. I believe part of strengthening your faith is taking a burden and share it with others and allow them to use God's word. And also you read God's word to encourage you, to bring you back up, because that's where we go. The issue is when you don't read God's word, the things that you hold on to that was so truthful to why you believe in the first place, it starts to dwindle. Right. It's it's sort of like every time I talk, right, I'm referencing the scripture because I believe it's foundational. I believe it's what engines and what is, I believe, the anchor of my faith. Right. And it tells us in Romans 15, 4, that these things in the past are written for our benefit, for our learning, for our instruction. Or, or it also tells us in Timothy, I believe, is in Peter that all scripture is Holy Spirit breathed. Right. So I have to believe that. God and his word is one and the same. And therefore, if I'm looking for strengthening, I'm looking for support, I'm looking for guidance, I'm looking for direction, I don't think I'm going to find it in a person. I'm going to have to find it in God's word. I'm going to have to 
put my trust in it, no matter how long it may take. Maybe it takes a while. And I have to trust the people around me that are also anchored and strengthened by that same faith that when I'm starting to feel that way, that I need to come and I need to trust and believe that they're here. Right. And I believe that in a multitude, you're strong, but independently, you will get weak. You will you will realize something where you're struggling. Right. Right. Even when I think about Jesus, he said, be a good cheer. He said, in this life, you will face tribulation, but be a good cheer for I overcome the world. Even when he got captured and he was facing the crucifixion, it was when we realized that he told his disciples that there will be a point in time where all of you would scatter and be in your own rooms. But I am not alone. The father is with me. And if we believe that God is present everywhere, even in the circumstances that are unpredictable and that are hard to come to the realization, God sees what's going on, but he's allowing your character to develop and he's allowing your faith to grow. And I think the only way your faith is going to grow is that for it to be tested. Yeah, I think there's um, as a pastor, you need you know, one of those things you strive for is to be authentic. And if you're struggling with something and unwilling to share it with people as well, I think it's is it a sense of it's a, a sense of pride, right? That I'm, you know, I'm all right. You know, I'm going to put on my my happy uh, professional face, or that, that says I've got it all figured out, and so that that's really going to hurt your ministry in the long run. I would think. Would you Would you agree with that, or what would you? I mean, there's there's a certain amount of um, authenticity that you need to exhibit as a pastor, and I don't think you want to air every personal thought you have but there's a there's a balance to for your congregation to see you as a, a fellow real person you have yeah, any I, I, yeah i believe that i mean there's a reason for spiritual fathers right there's there's men of god that's around you and i believe those burdens you're supposed to express those things to them right and i you know i think you're better as a whole than by yourself right was it not a verse that said that to put out one, to, to put out one, you know, I think it's 1,000 a flight, but to have two is 10,000 a flight, something like that. So when it comes to those sorts of things, your, 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 your belief in your relationship with God can only improve and get better if you're constantly having someone that you're talking with and that you're pressing and putting the burden on, right? Jesus also said, that my yoke is easy, my burden is easy, but my yoke is light, right? So we have to not just put it on Christ, but we have to, We also have to trust in the people around us to help us, even the pastor, right? I believe they. Ha I believe every pastor has some sort of spiritual father or a group of elders that are around, and I think by that those things are obviously confidential, right? And I think that you have to rely on that. There's no way that you can carry a burden of any ministry by yourself. I think, you, I think it's fool's gold there. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so how do you go about nurturing those relationships with those in your church so you can build that? Or if I'm in a church and I, I feel like I'm all alone, say I'm pastor in a church and, and I feel like I'm all alone. I haven't established those relationships with uh, the the key elders that I need to, or I maybe I haven't raised up elders yet in my church. What what do you recommend? I would. What about your 
know, your mother and your father, right? They are the first people that got you raised and raised you to where you are. When did you want to go back to them and speak to them and get comfort from them? I think that's very important too, right? You got to have some sort of safety net where you feel like you're losing control and you're, you're starting to fall back maybe to old, old habits and practices. I think you have to have somebody to hold you accountable. I think without accountability, then you're, you're sort of just going off there. Like accountability is necessary for, you know, a stable thought process, a stable mindset and how you plan to move forward. And I mean, let me say, let's say you don't have a, a father or mother. I believe at some point, relationships, friendships, something that you have established there so somebody to put you or get you right back. So I don't think you're ever going to be in a point where you can handle it all. I think you got to have people around that you so, that love you, care about you. And even if those that don't share your faith, right? I think God will find a way for someone to maybe run in, you run into, maybe somebody you've talked to in the past. I believe God would certainly make sure that you're not going to fall on you. Right. Yeah. And hold you accountable too. I would think that would be the key piece. We've seen lots of ministries become very successful and, and the senior leader loses that accountability and, and just goes off the edge. So. One more thing I would add too, right? You got to also remember why you entered ministry in the first place. Is there anything that I can share in regards to doing my podcast? One of the most inspirational portions in God's word in the book of Jeremiah was that he went around prophesizing and at the end of his ministry there was not one person that repented and what that taught me is that as he was laboring it was his obedience to God that allowed him to continue to go forward even though there were no signs of people repenting so again if you're doing the ministry because you feel that you or called or God direct you and there's something on your heart where you want to help believers, then that's where your focus should be. Whether it's one, whether it's a thousand, where there's a hundred thousand. Just like Christ admired the one sheep that fell astray from the 99 or the hundred, right? I believe you have to take the same mindset that whether I'm talking to hundreds or I'm talking to thousands, all that I care about is that one soul that I believe the angels in heaven will rejoice at them. Yeah, good point. So let's, uh, as we wrap up here, Jonathan, let, let's talk a little bit about your podcast. You have a podcast called The Truth of the Matter Is. What is this podcast all about? Well, the, re the podcast got started because I had a desire to kind of morph in, you know, a historical reference, a philosophical reference, a political science reference, and how you could find these sort of topics within scripture. I went to college and I majored in those three topics. I enjoyed them. I enjoyed them much so because it allowed me to go back, look at the finer details of things. And I realized that if this, if I'm going to have a passion and love for God's word, there has to be something there that continues to drive me. Obviously, it's my relationship with Christ, but it's also my desire to grow and mature in God's word and also be able to have regular conversations like what we're having now and find a connection. So I got it started. My brother, Daniel, who's a video game fanatic, he 
has a lot of different connections when it comes to just technology. So getting there with him discussing what I believe God placed in my heart to do to help people out is how we got started. And he loves to be a commentator. So getting him to read the scriptures has been great. Adding music at the end has been amazing. And also looking at different translations in God's word, right? Right. We look at the NLT, the English Standard Version, the Amplified, the Message Bible, and the English Standard Version, right? Sometimes the King James Version, but being able to see that God's word and understanding, you know, John 3 16 allowed us to be able to share God's word in a way where you can attempt to apply a lot of these verses to everyday life as you maneuver in life in general. So that's what the podcast is really structured about. We did first John, we just finished the gospel of Luke and now we're entering the gospel of Matthew. And if you're looking for a podcast that you want to read God's word in more depth, because we run some deep stuff. Like one of the, the conversations we had is how the crucifixion, there's some politics to that. There's some pl political aspects to that. We spoke about history, the genealogy, of Jesus Christ. There's some history to that. It's not just in biblical history, but in the history that, you know, that's predominantly mostly looked at. So we look at both contexts, we compare the two, and we're able to see how these different aspects, even psychological, even the psychological aspect to different things, right? What transpired mm -hmm. with the mindset or the process of what was thinking between individuals and whatnot. So we take a deep dive and we look at those aspects and you realize how in tune you are and reading God's word and what you can't wait for when you go back to study it. So a podcast huh. is really about. So is this weekly? Do you do a weekly podcast or? Yes. So it's weekly, weekly? podcast. How, how yes, long does we, it usually go? Mm, <laughs> I <laughs> believe our shortest was about 28, 30 minutes. Longest okay. was about two hours. But on average now we do about 45 to an hour try to get it down because there's a lot of stuff going on. We you wanna you wanna make it manageable for people to, to listen in one setting or yeah. split it up in two settings. Yeah, sure. Sounds good. Okay. Awesome. Good. Uh Steve, Lacey, any more questions before we let you I think that's go? it. I I am very impressed with your yeah, we have a guy at our church that uh, is as well versed in the Bible as you. So I'm very impressed with how you're able to pull the references out just at a everyday speech, you know. Which uh that's a part a of great... me after a while, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. uh that's something we should all aspire to. So uh yeah, just I it's been an encouragement having you on. Yeah. Thank and, you. And Jonathan, how how can people get a hold of you if they want to ask any yeah. questions or anything like that? What's the best way for people to reach you? Probably email. So uh don't judge me here, but I've I've kept my email since the same email I had since I made it in high school as a freshman. So I have an email and then I also have a Instagram page. So I'll give you the Instagram page and then I'll follow by that. I'll give you the email where you can reach me at any time. So the Instagram page is it's just all together as one word. So it's the truth of, and it's T-M-I-S. It's the truth of T-M-I-S. And then my email is sp. E E D E D 83 at gmail.com is speed S P E E D and the E D at the end of it, 83 at gmail.com. And if you have questions, you want prayer, you want to talk about something, you're more entitled to reach out to me at your best convenience. And I'll try to get back to you at my best convenience. I'm 
I'm an open door to talk about anything. Sounds good. And if uh, anybody misses that, if you don't want to back up the tape, you can just send us an email, support at streamingchurch.tv. We'll pass the information on to Jonathan. Jonathan Drayton is our, is, has been our guest today. And uh, Jonathan, again, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Had a good time. All right. And folks, thank you for listening or watching, depending on the platform you are uh, looking at us on. Uh, we're glad that you are, are here. And you can always subscribe to the Church Solutions podcast, wherever you get your favorite podcast. We should be there. And if you get an opportunity, give us a rating. We'd love to, uh, to get a rating from you. All right. We're done here. Uh, thank you, Steve Lacey. Uh, glad to be here. And again, thank you, Jonathan. Appreciate you very much. Thank you so much. And I'm Phil Thompson. And folks, thanks for listening and watching. Take care of yourselves and each other. We'll catch you again next time on another episode of the Church Solutions Podcast. <laughs>